Thank you, worship team, uh, for getting here an hour early in the middle of the night uh, to set up this morning uh, so that we could sing important songs that we need to sing. Uh, this morning, if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, we are uh, continuing our study. Um, and uh, as I was thinking about uh, this particular passage, it uh, dawned on me that, uh, and I don't know why I think about these things. I'm not planning on changing the name of Bear Valley Church. I'm not thinking of starting a new church, but I always think of church names, like what would be a great church name? And as I've been studying uh, the um, the book of Ecclesiastes, maybe it'd be a great name to have the meaningless church, you know, wouldn't that be... You saw that on a website or a sign outside. Now, there's a place I need to go. Uh, But as I've uh, looked at the book of Ecclesiastes, continuing to go through the study, uh, I'm reminded that uh, in this life, in this time, and especially if you're younger, and I I don't pick on the young, uh, the young are uh, taught about life by those who are older than them. And... uh, you, I don't know if you remember career day in high school uh, where you would, they would try to get you hooked on that or college day or whatever, and, or maybe it was graduation. And some of these lines come to you and uh, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. Um, that's a funny one, isn't it? Uh, some of our dreams are, you know, you think of the dreams, some of your dreams are just downright crazy. Um uh, others would say, you know, you have to treat yourself right. You have to, that should be your first priority. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Enjoy life. Uh, set uh, for, for yourself, uh, you should have your goals for your life. You should feel great. You should seek uh, uh, that greatness. And others would say, you know, you need to party it up in this life. You only live once. Uh, you should seek the good life. And others, too, would say you should even experiment. By the way, uh, if you're just experimenting thing, that, that's the thing they do with rats in a lab, okay? I just want to remind you about that. When you say, I'm just trying things out. Yeah, try it out on the rat first, okay? I know you don't want to be cruel to animals. Some of you are, you know, you, you care about animals, but you, you look at the life that God gave you and you trash it, okay? Um, these are the things that we look at, and uh, these dreams or these pursuits usually dictate our priorities. What we dream about, what we think about, what we chase after dictates the priorities of this life. And so this morning, uh, we're going to look at uh, the life that everybody wants, the life that everybody wants, few have. And uh, but nobody is satisfied with. And Ecclesiastes uh, chapter two is where we're starting today. Uh, I would love to read that for you. Uh, that 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 second. Um, I'm sorry. Um, did I say Ecclesiastes chapter two? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Ecclesiastes chapter two, starting in verse one. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd love to share that with you. God's word says this, I I said in my heart, uh, come now, I will test you with pleasure, enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? I, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. 
my heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens, parks, and I planted them in all, uh, all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools of which to water uh, the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered uh, for myself silver and gold and the treasures of the kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep, uh, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered uh, all that my hands had done, the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. God, we ask your blessing on your word. Uh, We ask that your word would be primary this morning, that we would remember what it says, um, that we would hear clearly, uh, that it would impact our lives, that it would change us um, as you want it to. God, may your spirit work within us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Joe, can you turn me down just a touch? Thanks. Um, as we look at God's Word this morning, it continues on. continues on. If you've been here the last three weeks, uh, you've seen uh, Solomon, or the writer of a book of Ecclesiastes, pouring out a picture of life that for some of us is maybe hard to Uh, get our head around, hard to embrace, Uh, because it is uh, so negative. Uh, We desire to be positive people, um, and yet as we look at this, there's a sense of reality uh, that kind of rips our heart out sometimes. It causes us to look at the things that we put stock in and realize maybe uh, we've put our stock in the wrong things. And as we look at uh, this passage, we start in verse 1, we see uh, really 1 through 3, the party life that the writer uh, gives to us. He says that he had uh, gone about. And by the way, when I say the party life, I realize it's different. Uh, Many of us have tasted of the party life. Uh, We've we've gone to those parties at houses where uh, there's been drinking and, and dancing and uh, different kinds of sensuality, and, and there's not a sense of brain to it, okay? Uh, for the most part, that, that is limited to, uh, uh, it, it's a young person thing where they're going, uh, I don't know what to do tonight. I don't know what's going on. All my friends are doing this, so I should jump in there. And it's kind of just looking for something to do, and in so doing, they're looking to lose themselves in whatever's going on. 
Uh, most of the time when people are partying, uh, they're not thinking about uh, how will this benefit my life. They're seeking to forget their life. They're seeking to waste their life because they find an emptiness in the sobriety of the day. Think about that. Uh, you know, we look for things to do. We look for things to make us happy. We look for things to, to cause pleasure to enter our lives. Most of the time because whatever we're doing right now isn't all that pleasurable. That we don't find ourselves happy with the life uh, that we are living. And there's reasons for that, right? Uh, life is hard. Some of you could stand right now and give experience, not 10 years ago, but right now, that you're going through a difficult time and it hurts your heart. And so uh, we look for things to somehow take it away. And anyways, we come to this party life. Let's look at what the scripture says. And this is one of those things by way of testimony. It's this idea that this is the path that I took. He's not suggesting that you follow him. Don't follow him, in fact. Uh, he's suggesting quite the opposite. God's word, uh, he says, I said in my heart, um, or I said to myself, some of you talk to yourself. If you could raise your hand and just talk to yourself. You have long conversations, long conversations. Uh, some of you don't just talk, you argue with yourself, you know. Uh, alter egos coming out and all that stuff. Um, uh, he, sa he said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. And the idea of test is he's going to seek it out. He's going to study it. He's going to do pleasure research, if you will, to figure out looking for what is good, uh, looking for the good life, looking for meaning, uh, in this meaningless life. He's searching for it. And he says, I'm going to go to pleasure. I'm going to seek pleasure. And by the way, pleasure is just doing what you want to do. Um, I, I think that most of us think that life will be good if we get to do what we want to do. Uh, that's Solomon's, like, uh, that's his hypothesis. That's where he's heading with this in uh, the, today's message. He says, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. Because if I'm enjoying myself, maybe this is the part of life that will be good. Um, he gives us real quickly in verse, uh, verse 1, he says, but behold, this also was vanity. I just want to put that out there at the beginning. Pleasure is not where it's at. Pleasure will not bring fulfillment to this vain life. It won't bring this sense of substance. Remember that word vanity or meaningless it is a word that's fleeting. It won't last. It's a temporary thing. It's not worth it. Um, he says, but behold, uh, th this was vanity. Verse 2, I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? He uses two words there. Um, Really, the, the idea of laughter and pleasure, uh, very similar words, but it's the idea of, of just shallow happiness or shallow fun and then something that's greater than that. Uh, this idea that it's more lasting. It's, it's a deeper sort of pleasure. And he, he looks at both of them. Uh, he's identifying, I, I tried them both. And he asks the question, what use is it? And once again, he uses the word search. 
verse 3, uh, this idea that I searched with my heart how to cheer my body. This is, this is a passion of his. It's a search. He's searching for the meaning. He's searching for that which is good. And he says, I, I, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart's still guiding me with wisdom. I think that's funny. Don't you think that's funny? Uh, he says, I, I, I was seeking after wine. Uh, it's funny, uh, some of the commentators were arguing uh, whether he was just a connoisseur of wine. He's just looking for, like, you know, he was, he was traveling and he went to Sonoma and to Napa, the greater and most exquisite vineyards of all of California to Hatchapi, you know, and he was tasting all the wine, seeking. No, I don't think he was. He was cheering his heart. Like the idea was he was, I'm going to try to get a little tipsy here. I'm going to see if that's where it's at. I'm going to, you know, maybe, you know, just a little bit of wine. Maybe this will bring some meaning and some happiness to this life. Uh, Be careful, uh, you wine lovers here. I'm not preaching about wine this morning, uh, for or against. Um, But I want to tell you, be careful that you don't say, I just like the taste. If you like the taste, you'd be drinking grape juice. Okay? You would. Um, They they would have all kinds, they would have uh, grape juice bars, you know, that you would go to and have all kinds of different grape juices. Uh, it, it's the idea that the alcohol will somehow do something for us, okay? Uh, and this is one of, in his pursuit of pleasure, he comes to wine or to the idea of alcohol, and he says, "My." and by the way, I don't think he got uh, he passed out drunk. You know why I think that? Because he says, my heart's still, gu-, like my, my wisdom's still guiding me. He was, and it, it, it's different than the party life, right? This is different than the party life. He was saying, I'm going to try wine as part of that. I'm going to try it. But I'm going to, as I'm drinking it, I'm going to say, here's two glasses or whatever he put out before him. And he says, I'm, I'm going to try to think this through, both before, during, and after. I'm going to see if this is maybe the key to life. Is this the thing that's going to make it worth it? Um this is what uh, he, this is the path he chose to cheer his body with wine. And then how to lay a hold of folly. Um, the, the idea of taking this madness and pleasure and all, all this stuff, putting it together and somehow that being enough, this party, this finding uh, fun in life, that this might be the thing that I'm looking for. And he says, uh, Middle of verse 3 says, Till I might see what is good uh, for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. A couple of things there. That's the pursuit, right? What will make this life good? What will make this life meaningful? What will be worth it? Uh, in chapter 1, he uses the idea of profit. What will, what will it profit? Uh, he's saying he's searching for what will be the good life. Um, hopefully, uh, this isn't your life, but sometimes we look at other people's lives and we see the mess they've made. It's, it's easier to see it in other people's lives, by the way. Uh, 
we see the mess that they've made and we go, I don't want to follow them. I don't want to do what they've done. We almost want to thank them, right? Thank you for showing me the wrong way. I don't want to go down that path. Uh, we learn from others. But S Solomon, the, the writer, is he's looking at this and he's saying, I'm looking for me. What would be the good life for me? What will it profit, man? What will it be the good life down here? Once again, under the sun. Uh, if you haven't been with us for the study here, you need to realize this one thing about the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a study of life down here apart from God. A life down here that everyone has to experience. Life of humans, if you will, under the sun. Just life down here. We realize that uh, he's pointing to more, more that can be found uh, in a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. He says this. He's looking for what is good for the children of man to do. To do. What will make this life worth it? What will be enough? What should I fill my days with? Um, I, I want to say this here, and I'll, I'll hopefully say it again if I remember. But um, this guy's not like you and me. And, and when I say he's different, the thing that makes him different is his abilities. Um, what if you said to yourself, I, I want to have the house I've always dreamed of. I, I want to have the, the house that has everything that I want in it. But you know what? You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. And you say, oh, yes, I can. Uh, I, I'm really good with tools and stuff like that. You'd run out of money. You, you'd run out of money. And for some of you say, well, I, I got quite a bit of money. Uh, you'd, run, you'd run out of time. You'd run out of skilled workers. You'd You'd run out, like, like there, there's a sense where you don't have the ability to get to the end of the cul-de-sac. You don't have the ability to do, uh, to test in these ways. And that's what's so important about the book of Ecclesiastes. He did. He did. And so in his testing, he's sharing with us uh, stuff we've only dreamed of. Most of us are stuck playing Monopoly, right? You know what I mean by that, right? We can win at Monopoly, not necessarily at Albertsons, like, you know, that thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, well, I, I dream of the million-dollar vacation home and a million dollars in cash, and we look at the little stickers, and we hope that the next one would be the right one. And somehow, you know, we dream of having. We dream of having. He had. He had. And in his having, he pursued everything that we think maybe. We, sometimes for us, it's just the hunt that keeps us going, right? Hey, if I get that next thing, then I'll be happy. Hey, maybe, maybe life will be complete if this next thing happens. Um, and as he shares with us, he, he says he was on the search for that as well. And so he looked into pleasure. And he looked what was good for children of men to do. Um, but I want you to catch this. It seems like something to pass over, but it's not. Um, as you look at the end of verse 3, he says, uh, For as good uh, children of man to do under heaven, under heaven, life down here, once again, during the few days of their life. A um, couple of things. There's a lot of things limited in your life and mine. 
Uh, and one of them, probably the most important one, are days. Our days. Our days are limited. And and some of you say, oh, I don't want to think about it. And that's fine if you don't, but it'll help you. It'll help you if you do. Uh, is Will this be worth a day? Will this be worth a day? Will this activity be worth a day? Will this uh, a pursuit that I have, is it worth it for today? Uh, you know, older people always tell younger people, life is short. You know why? If you're, younger, if you're a younger person here, I want to tell you why older people tell you that. Because they wasted days. Because they wasted days. And as if we knew the number, if we had a clock uh, of when it will end, uh, the number is getting smaller the older you get. And uh, most of us know that, right? We, when we hit those markers, we go, oh, I only have this many years left or this many. And so there's a sense of I need to make it count. I need to make, uh, more important, the days that go closer. And we look upon those who are younger and we say, I want to encourage you. Life is short. So it's not a day for wasting. It's not a day for sin. It is not a day for reckless injury and spending. It's a day uh, to try to figure out what will bring meaning uh, to this life that is fleeting. And so uh, life is short. Um, He was searching for the right cocktail of life. He was looking into laughter and pleasure, and yet um, it was vanity. He was looking for those prophets, and yet it came up short. You look to verses 4 through 8, and you realize the list, the list of accomplishments. And uh, River Valley Church, we are a group of people of accomplishments. In fact, sometimes we introduce ourselves by this. I'm Kevin, I have, uh, have a master's degree, or I'm the pastor of Bear Valley Church. I, you know, we introduce ourselves, and uh, it's not just self-identification. A lot of times, it's be impressed with me. I've been a pastor for so many years. I've done this, I've done that. I, I, I own that house, or I have these kids, and it's be impressed. These are my accomplishments. Um, I want to encourage you. Uh, when you introduce yourself, do it humbly. Do it humbly. Uh, seek that humble place to put a grid of Solomon on all your accomplishments. I think it's more. Uh, it's better for you, uh, not just your hearers. But as we look at the list, look at verse four. He and 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 look at what how he presents this. He says, "I made." great works. And he's going to start off with what he has done or what he has uh, built, if you will. Uh, He says, I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. Um, I want you to catch the eyes and the myselfs, okay? Those are very important uh, because uh, it's different when you say, uh, I did this for my family I I served this person. I was a servant, and I, I built this house for them. They paid me, but but they, I built this for them. Uh, I I'm a worker at a particular job. I go and I make the company money, and I make the company great, and then I go home. 
But as he presents it, he says, I, for myself, for myself. And as he shares this, he says this, I built houses. It says in uh, uh, 1 Kings, uh, as it speaks of uh, some of his building projects of Solomon, it took him 13 years to, to build really the house that he stayed, 13 years. Uh, some of you have drug out projects around your house, and uh, but you haven't really worked on them. Like some of your projects have taken you 13 years, but you forgot to work on them. But uh, uh, this was uh, this process where he had all the money and all the workers, and it took him 13 years. It's a magnificent place. And as you look at his accomplishments, the accomplishments of Solomon, you realize that his own house took 13 years. He had another house, house of Lebanon. He built cities, Hazor, Megiddo, and, and a bunch of others, four or five others, that were marked, that, that were put there because he said so. And they were part of his desire to have this city be a certain way, and this city, and then this city. And, and this was all going back to Solomon's greatness. I built houses, I built cities. He also said that he he planted vineyards. He goes into uh, talking about planting or gardening, if you will, and or agriculture, probably better than gardening is the feudal thing that we do here. Uh, um, you know. And gardening, what what's so great about it, and it's also the thing that's so uh, bad about it too, right? Uh, have you tried to grow something here in Tehachapi? It's the desert. Did you know that? Did you know that? Like, uh, if you forget about it, just drive, you know, down the 58 and get to Mojave, and you go, oh, this is what we're at the edge of here. There's nothing living out here. Um, it's hard. And so there's a great miracle. There's a great miracle of growing something, of producing something, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we plant things and you get that one tomato and you're like, it's alive. And you hold it up like the Lion King type thing and you're like, look, it, it grows. You know, it's alive. Uh, uh, there's something good. And, and there's all kinds of, it, it's the reclaiming of that which has gone to weeds, right? It's the reclaiming. It's trying to bring profit out of that. And, and he says, yeah, I've done this. I planted vineyards. I, I had gardens. As he describes it here, he says this. Uh, he says, um, I, uh, I I made myself, well, he says, planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees that the deer are going to eat later, right? Uh, uh, he says, I planted, I, I did these things so that I would get a profit. I was able to reclaim and really uh, going back to some of the basic things in the book of Genesis, take care of the garden, right? And, and wanting to do that. And, and it says that he did that. Uh, he, he claims that he did that. And in, in, as part of that, um, he says, I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. Um, these pools weren't for doing lap swim, uh, but they were magnificent pools for irrigating. To, for bringing water to the fruit trees. And, and as you think about this, we're, it, it's part of what we do up here. Like it's, uh, you go by a bright lake and you realize that that's there. So we have water. And, you know, Tom Nisla could tell you a lot more than you ever want to know about the water here in Tehachapi. And we have men in uh, 
Tom Mettler's down there selling water in the San Joaquin Valley. And, and we realize as you drive through this area, you see food being grown. And you realize, uh, I hope you realize, that that just doesn't happen, right? It's not just you throw a bunch of seeds out there and then you come to harvest time, right? That it needs to be watered. And Solomon says, I did things that really nobody else was doing. He did magnificent things of irrigating. And he had these amazing projects. And he said, I did these. I did these. I had these great ideas that no one either had the uh, ideas to do or the money to do. But I did them. Did them for myself. He goes on with his list to talk about what he collected what he collected. Um, and some of these are very offensive uh, because of our modern day, but it was very common in those days, not because it was right, but because it, it just everyone was doing it. And uh, he says this. He says, I bought male and female slaves, and I had slaves who were born in my house. And what this pictures here is this, that he had this amazing house these amazing properties everywhere, and they took people to take care of them. And so he had slaves come in. He bought slaves, and not just male slaves, but female slaves as well. And not just for a time or a period, but over generations, that they were also slaves born in his household. And so it became uh, this army of people that were there to serve him. Uh, We... We find it repulsive, the idea of slavery. But um, would you like someone to clean your house? Would you like someone to weed whack your weeds for you? Would you like, like you look at some of these things, hey, that doesn't sound all that bad, you know. And the, the greater size of property you have, the greater size of home you have, you need people to help you. And so he's saying, I had everything that I needed. I I had assembled the team, if you will, that I could do whatever I wanted to do. Um, As he talked about what he collected, he said, I had great possessions of herds and flocks, uh, more than all who had been before me in Jerusalem. And now he brings up a a theme too. He, He says, we looked at this last week, I believe the week before as well, is that he isn't just saying he was a rich man. He's not just saying that he had experienced a lot. He was saying, I've experienced the most, the most. I'm number one, number one, when it comes to collecting possessions of gathering for himself herds and flocks. Uh, he also said, I, I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. It's interesting. Uh, most of the time when someone becomes wealthy, wealth just flows towards them. And the reality was, as you study Solomon's life, uh, that you realize that at the beginning, he may not have had much, as much as he did at the end of his life. And yet, as things went on, People gave him money. People sent him money. People gave him gifts. They wanted his attention. And his wealth continued to amass silver and gold. And and this idea that he had not just a lot, but more than you could ever imagine. As it spoke of uh, life in the times of of Solomon, 
book of first kings it speaks of these parties that they would have and the food that would be shared and uh it, it would be more than you could ever imagine he, he says also as he thinks of his life he gathered the silver and gold but he also he says i got singers both men and women uh, as he says that some of you say well i got singers what does that mean um it wasn't that he was throwing a worship service okay Sometimes we look at the scripture and we say, oh, music, that's like a worship team. Got like a worship. No, he didn't. I, I was thinking about this, how to uh, put this into context here. Um, it, it, it depends how wealthy you are and how important you are, what you do with music. Huh. If you're really poor, you turn on the radio, right? Uh, if you're a little bit, you know, a little bit more affluent, you download a song or you buy a CD, okay? Seeing where this is going? And some of you uh, have so much income that you might even go to the concert, go to the concert. But what he's saying is, is this, that he had them come to his home. He threw the concert in his home. Uh, once uh knew a, a man in Santa Barbara, I didn't know him personally, I through my, through my dad, the wealthy man, he had a home, uh, really, he owned beachfront property in Santa Barbara. And uh, he really liked Hank Williams Jr., so he uh, somehow became friends with him. And he had him to his house, and he would throw parties where Hank Williams Jr. would be in his house. throwing, you know. And, and th- this is the difference. And, and what he was saying was, I, I had every singer that I wanted. I, I had them in my home. They were part of what I gathered to myself so that I could enjoy. And, and it, says, it, it would be the idea, oh, I love this band so much. They're coming to me. It says I had them. And then it says this, uh, and many concubines, and many concubines. And I want to uh, skirt that all, but I want to say this. I want to say this. We're going to get into this later. It comes in later in this passage. But he, he looked at sexual pleasure as well, and he said, I gathered for myself women who would not be in relationship with me, but that would uh, be the thing that I sought pleasure and sexual pleasure in. I, I had it all. I had it all. And then he says this to tie up this section and really, I think, even connecting uh, to this idea of concubines. He says this. Um, he says, the delight of the sons of man. And it's this picture that says, um, I could have it all. I could have it all. I could have what I wanted. And what I wanted, somehow if I got what I wanted, there would somehow be this meaning and satisfaction to what I've done. And so he listed out all that he had or all that he had done and all that he had collected. And then we move on in verse 9 to the same empty destination of his accomplishments. The same empty destination. And he says this, So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Once again, he says it, right? Number one. Number one. I was the greatest. There was nobody that I looked to. And by by the way, this is the thing that keeps some of us going. Is we look at each other and envy. 
we look at each other and say, oh, I wish I had what they had. I wish that they uh, had the position or the finances or the car or, or whatever. We look to them and we say, ah, oh, y'all just work towards that. And somehow there will be satisfaction in that. What he's saying is there was nobody that I was looking to. I'd surpassed all of those. Uh, and then in verse 10, he says, And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. When it came to pleasure and wanting and having, I said yes all the time. I just said yes all the time. And he says, And this was my reward for all my toil. He, he just barely gets into the like the secret to the meaning life, he says, the reward from toil, right? He doesn't talk about it much. It's going to come in the next uh, things. But there was a sense of reward and toil. What was it that he had could find, uh, could seek pleasure? Um, as he looks at this, uh, he says, verse 11, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. Okay. What he was doing was taking an inventory of his life. And I really believe that this is what God has for us here this morning. Inventory of our lives. Inventory of what has gone on in the past. Inventory of that which we have laid our hands to. That's what which we have worked hard for. And really not just to do looking back, but looking forward as well. To say, what is it? that will bring meaning to the toil that I have left to do, right? The things that I have left to do. Uh, the days that the Lord has still given me. He says, then I considered all that my hands had done, the toil that I expended doing it, and behold, all was vanity, a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under it. He keeps coming back to that. He keeps adding to that. And he was seeking the profit. He was seeking that the good life. And he sought it in getting what he wanted. And he said, there was nothing gained. There was nothing gained in what I wanted. This morning, I want to give you three conclusions uh, from this passage. And, uh, we're still moving. We're still moving. Don't be discouraged. Try not to be discouraged. But as we get there, we're, we're going to get some simple steps that will grant us uh, what we should be doing in this life. First conclusion this morning, though, is this. There is no satisfaction in selfishness. There's no satisfaction in selfishness. If you look at this passage, um, how did he decide what to do and what not to do? He just asked himself, right? What do I want? What would be fun for me? What do I want to do? What 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 would you know? I, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about what's right or wrong. What do I want? And if I get what I want, I'll be satisfied. And he says this: in selfish living, there is no satisfaction. Uh, th that may be for us uh, a you know this big aha moment this morning that you've been seeking to make yourself happy and you've been unhappy. And I want to tell you, it's not found 
in you living a selfish life. And I'll, I'll even tell you that. Uh, if you say, well, I don't want to live a selfish life. When you drift into it, when you uh, lose focus on what God has for you, you drift into that selfish life, you'll be unhappy as I am. Selfish living, there's no satisfaction in selfish. Second conclusion this morning. Uh, if you had it all, you wouldn't have it all. If you had it all, you wouldn't have it all. Uh, I think sometimes, especially the younger you are, you think, hey, there's a, there's a milestone, there's something. There's something out there that, that will make me happy someday, someday, when I, I reach the top of the mountain, when I reach this place, then I'll be happy. I'll have it all when I have it all. And the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes says, no, you won't. I've had it all. And I can have it all. Lastly, I'll say this. Um, this is life under the sun. Jesus is life of empty. When I look at uh, this passage, when I see life under under the sun or under heaven, he uses that phrase as well, I realize that the reason all this stuff is empty, the reason these accomplishments and collections and all these things are empty is because Jesus is not found. Because the life that only he can give you uh, is not found in this passage. And it, it's seeking these things that are pleasing and happy and fun and, uh, you know, rewarding, but there's no reward in them because there's no life that's only found in Jesus. And so this morning, uh, as you've come, I hope that that's encouraging to you. I hope that uh, as if you've trusted in Christ, you say, yes, that's where my life is found. Yes, he's the one that makes this life fulfilling, satisfying. And if you haven't trusted in Jesus today, I want to tell you, uh, he's still saving souls today. He hasn't He hasn't locked the doors yet. He hasn't said we're all done yet. If, you, if he'd say we're all done, we'd be out of here, okay? I want to tell you that there's opportunity for you at whatever age you are, whatever age you are, that God would save your soul and bring life to you uh, where you just live life under the sun. Best you could do Maybe it, best try, but it wasn't enough. Jesus is where life is found. Please join me. Father God, thank you for this morning. God, I ask that you would just continue to work in our hearts and lives. Reorder them according to the pattern that you desire for us. God, help us to be honest about our pursuits. Help us to be not lost in our pride. For those who have accomplished little, um, May we not uh, point to those who have accomplished much and say, see, nor for those who have accomplished much, may we point to those who haven't and in, proud, in pride say we are great because we have done more than they. But may we all see this in light of living under the sun, that there's a sense of fleeting to all these things. There's a sense of emptiness to them. And may we find our hope in your son, Jesus. May he be the one that we look to. May he be the, the freedom that we find and the satisfaction of the day, the confidence that we have 
knowing that our sins are forgiven. God, uh, may our lives not be filled with striving after the wind, but seeking you in all that we do. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.